Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Very pleased to bring in from The Athletic, Audrey Snyder. Audrey, it's always great to talk with you. Hey, Steve. Happy Thursday. And happy Thursday to you. All right. So it's uh, never a dull moment. Um, So let's get to, uh, with Mike Yurcich, no longer the offensive coordinator, and the and the changeover, uh, people want to know what direction Penn State could go in at this point. Are you getting any reads from any people along the way, either within the athletic family or yourself, as to potential directions? And did I lose her? I think I lost her. There we are, Audrey. I do hear you. Are you again. there? Yes, I am. Uh, okay, so, sorry, I don't. No, no, something, something dropped out. Uh, I mean, all I did was hit it on the side; it came back. No. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what, what direction? Either mm-hmm. from what you hear or somebody else hears that may be in that sphere of uh, possibility. For sure, yeah. I've got a list of about 12 candidates up on The Athletic. Um, you know, I think the, the thing to keep in mind, and you know this, Steve, when it comes especially to coordinator searches, I mean, it really could be just about anyone. You know, to me, yeah. there's there are a few names that make a lot of sense. Um, one of them, of course, is Joe Moorhead at Akron, right? Like, you look at when Penn State's offense was successful under James Franklin, certainly the Moorhead era was that. Uh, now, does he want to do this, right? Like, I think that's the that's the question there, because no doubt about it, that's a phone call that absolutely needs to be made. Um, but does he want to come back to Penn State as a coordinator, or is he more content in an Akron situation that, from the outside looking in, Steve, does not look like it's certainly going well? Uh, so you have that, right? And then I think uh, the other one, Tim Cramsey at Memphis, is one that I think is kind of interesting when you look at what their offense has been able to do, obviously he's a Pennsylvania native from Allentown. Uh, so I, I do wonder about that, but yeah, I mean, it is, it's a robust list. I think a lot of, a lot of the last couple of days, fans have kind of been hung up on Joe Brady and Ken Dorsey. Um, I wouldn't read too much into that, Steve, because I mm-hmm. think people just like the hot name, but to me, there's a reason why Joe Brady in 2019 kind of rode that hot LSU offense into the NFL, probably because he wants to be there and not in college football. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I yeah. think you need to take these these things into account, right? Like, it's a totally different world going from coaching in the NFL to coaching college football. It is not for everyone. Um, and I think that's kind of the other, the other part that fans have to keep in mind here. Yeah, exactly right. It is, it's not for everyone, especially in the current landscape. With NIL and transfer portals, it's not for everyone. That's why you've seen, for example, ask yourself why Roy Williams, Mike Shashevsky, and Jay Wright aren't coaching basketball any longer. I mean, it's okay. You have to ask that question. Uh, were you surprised the timing of it as opposed to waiting a couple of weeks? Yeah, to me, the timing was interesting only because we haven't seen James Franklin hire somebody in the middle of the season. Like, that's been the new, kind of the new wrinkle here. Um, Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I think you look at the way the offense has struggled, and I think you can look at, obviously, the Ohio State game and Michigan game on the two biggest stages. This unit fell flat, and somebody, I think, after the way the fans responded 
on Saturday, you know, leaving the stadium, screaming, chanting. Um, there were some Fire Franklin chants coming from the student section. It was a bad scene. I think, honestly, James Franklin heard that, and if his mind wasn't made up at that point, I think maybe that tipped the scales. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, when you flounder on the biggest stages like that with this offense, something had to change. So I'm not surprised that they made the change. Um, but James said, you know, kind of when you know, you know, and there was no need to prolong that. Um, but kind of the, the question that I have and something that I reported, I spoke with their 2025 quarterback commit last night, and he kind of broached the subject and made a point that when he spoke with James Franklin, it certainly sounded like uh, pre-game Saturday that Franklin knew that he was going to part ways with Mike Yersich. So I've got the, the story up this afternoon on The Athletic. There's some interesting comments in there, but it, again, raises questions about this timeline. When you look at the styles of play of Drew, Bo Prabula, mm-hmm. and the two known incoming recruits, as you know, I can't, I, I'm in the position mm-hmm. I can't right. say their names. Uh, when you look at their respective styles, does that then indicate to you a style of coordinator? Yeah, I don't think we're going to see anything vastly different than what they've been doing, right? Yeah. Like, it would yeah. be absolutely crazy if they went out and got somebody who's not going to be catering to Drew Aller's talents and his build and, and all those types of things. But where I think this gets interesting, Steve, is you got to remember, Bo Prabula committed to Kirk Sharaka. You know, Drew Aller was Mike Yersich's guy. Jackson Smolik was Mike Yersich's guy. So you're going to have a quarterback room with guys who were committed to various programs. And yes, of course, you know, then once the process unfolds, Fabula then ultimately, like, essentially recommits. Yersich wanted him. Like, I get all of that. But you've got different styles of quarterback in that room. Um, and that gets interesting. So I don't think we're going to see anything vastly different. Um, but. It, you got to make sure that Drew Aller is on board with whatever direction they're going, uh, and that's going to be the storyline coming out of this weekend, because not to overshadow Rutgers, Steve, but I will. Um, you know, that's that's a storyline this week for sure, but what about your coveted quarterback? Is he okay with where this thing is headed? Uh, and I think he is, but that's something that we need a definitive answer mm-hmm. from on the record from Drew. How interested are you to see what Penn State's offense looks like just down mm-hmm. the stretch run here? Because you have J. Juan Sider and Ty Howell as co-offensive mm-hmm. coordinators. How interested you see as to what it looks? Same personnel, but as terms of the look. Absolutely, very excited to see that. I mean, to me, I yep. think we're going to get a better feel of what what they ultimately maybe wanted to do coming into this year but didn't do or got away from, right? Um, we heard so much about the Bo Prabula package. We saw it once at Maryland. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't see it in the two biggest games. Does that stay? I think the T formation is probably here to stay. Uh, but also, I mean, I recognize that this is a huge spot for Jaywan Sider and for Ty Howell. James mm-hmm. Franklin didn't say Wednesday night who specifically will be calling the plays. Um, but this is a huge spot for both of these guys. These are two guys that have, you know, the respect of this coaching staff and also the guys in their meeting rooms. But, yeah, to me, I think there also might be, Steve, a little bit of freedom in terms of maybe you're playing with house money a little bit at this point because you've already lost your two biggest games, but you're still in position for a New Year's Six game. You've got two lesser-than opponents to round out the regular season. Like, 
if anything, this should be a team that's playing really loose at this point, mm-hmm. especially after mm-hmm. you know all that's transpired in the past week. And maybe that's what this group needs, right? Maybe last week they were a little bit too tight with all the pressure, all of the all the eyeballs that were on State College for that game. Um, but yeah, at this point, I think the players also know and are keeping in mind. Um, they've got to be auditioning for whoever this next OC is too. So what they put on film really matters from here on out. It's uh, it's also senior day coming up. Uh, look, running through the tunnel doesn't mean it's the last time you do it. <laughs> I think the running joke I have with, yeah. with James uh, when I talked to him yesterday was uh, Sean Clifford did it three times. And, it, and he did it. Sean did it twice, okay? <laughs> he didn't do it three times. But, the, you know, I exaggerated by one. So that doesn't mean anything, but are you still interested to see what the list does look like? You know, I think we'll eventually see the list. Um, as of right now, I haven't seen one yet as a Thursday afternoon. No. But I still, I don't right. think it matters much. And I think, you know, like yeah. to me, that's the, that's the thing. Like talking with Caden Wallace uh, Wednesday night, he said he's still undecided of whether or not right. he will come back. I mean, he technically has a sixth year, right? Yeah, he has so a COVID year. Yeah, he has. See, that's the yeah. see, that's the part that's still there for a lot of these guys. They have a COVID year. Like for example, Curtis Jacobs, he's been essentially mm-hmm. a four-year start. He has a COVID year. I mean, that, that, yeah. I mean people don't. You know, and that's the part that still hangs there that makes our guessing game a little more difficult. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Caden said he really hadn't given it much thought to whether or not this will be his last time. Uh, you know, running onto the field at Beaver Stadium. But, yeah, he's one that you kind of forget about. Um, Sal Wormley could be another guy. I mean, yeah. I know James Franklin has alluded to it before that when he's been asked about the future of the offensive line, he kind of mentioned, well, maybe we get some of these guys without naming names back right. next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you have to wonder. I mean, I still think the month of December, you talk about reasons why college coaches want to leave the sport for the NFL. The month of December is crazy because you have to solidify your roster, figure out, especially with these COVID guys, who's staying and who's going, which I feel like at this point the staff probably has a pretty good handle yeah. on it. They won't say publicly, but they, they have a right. pretty good handle on it. Yes. Um, but then, you know, you've got the early signing period coming. Who are you going to go after in the transfer portal? What does that look like? So, yeah, it's going to be madness. Um, but I'm with you, Steve. The Saturday Senior Day moment, um, it's certainly not what it once was. And I think the other part, too, to remind fans about is Penn State, you know, has never allowed underclassmen who are seemingly going to declare they've never participated. So, for example, Saquon Barkley never had a senior day because he wasn't a senior. Um, So I think sometimes fans see that and they'll say, oh, well, that guy didn't run out. He must be coming back. No, don't read too much into the tunnels these days. No. No, you don't. You don't do that. I do have to ask you about the James Madison situation. They have been denied the waiver for the second time in a sport that needs bowl teams. They're telling an undefeated team no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do you look at that? Because there are going to be people that argue you can't do anything to Michigan. Think of the think of the players. But they have no problem looking at the James Madison players and telling them no. Yeah, well, Steve, I'll even I'll take it a step further um, because I was so I've kind of been following the James Madison stuff for a while. Uh, my brother went out of high school, went to JMU to run cross country, 
And at that point, they then cut a bunch of their non-revenue sports because they were paving the way for football. So my views on JMU are probably going to be a little skewed, a little biased um, because of that. But, yeah, no, I mean, I I get what you're saying. Like, I think the whole bowl system where it is, um, and that's always been the whole point with the NCAA, right? I mean, we saw it here in, in 2012. It's what's fair to the players and what isn't, right? We're seeing it at Michigan. You're alluding to it at JMU. Uh, and it's tough, you know, and I think it also kind of maybe puts in perspective a little bit when you look at a place like Penn State and people are understandably on edge, but you're still going to have a really good shot at a New Year's Six game. Right. And a lot of kids would love that opportunity, you know. Sure. It's just, it's so interesting how the perception of bowl season has changed over time. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, JMU certainly is uh, – They've been interesting to follow, Steve. I will certainly say that just from kind of following them afar. Like, that's a really fascinating fan base. Uh, those people love them, some JMU football. But, yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting time in college athletics, to say the least. Uh, because the argument is is that I understand if you still have a, some scattered FCS programs in there, I can understand that. They only have Bucknell. Yeah, their other non-conference <laughs> games include Utah State, Virginia. They're playing a full Sun Belt schedule. They're playing literally as many FCS programs at James Madison as Ohio State, Penn State, Alabama, which plays Tennessee Chattanooga yeah. this week. They're playing the same number of FBS programs as they are, and yet they're being told no. Uh, I know rules are rules, but your thoughts on on because to me this was one of those. You can make the ruling, and everybody's you're going to look good doing it, and they won't do it. Yes, yeah, Steve, that's uh, I guess that's why you and I aren't in charge because then it would probably make a little bit too much sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> I I just think it, this is to me this is one of those where you look around the room and say, you know what? It'll be great for those kids, and we'll look good doing it. Okay, no, they won't do it. It's crazy. I, I oh yeah, you... no, that's yeah. Go ahead. No, no, that's. I feel like that's just kind of where we're at, right? Like that's the entire, the entire landscape. We're trying to make sense of everything and everything as it unfolds, um, and it's hard, you know. And like you said, if the rules are the rules, but if you can make exception to it, right? If we if we go if we look at the Michigan thing, then you can make the argument of well, what does sign stealing actually get you, right? How is it was it worth a touchdown a game? Uh, obviously, there's the integrity piece. I mean, I was at the Michigan hotel last week. Um, waiting for Jim Harbaugh to arrive because that was the story and we wanted to get something on the record about that. Uh, but you go back to the rules. The rules are the rules uh, and they're in place for a reason. Even though if sometimes in the JMU case it, it's not looking, it doesn't look like it makes a lot of sense, Steve. Mm-hmm. I'm sure someone spent way too much time coming up with these rules to then enforce them. <laughs> what was it like at the Wyndham last week? What was that scene like? Oh man, it was weird. It was, um, I was there for probably like 30 minutes and then eventually everyone got kicked out because Michigan had rented out the entire hotel. Uh, <laughs> so they could kind of pull the, it's not even open to the public card. Like everybody has to get out. You've got people coming off the golf course that are baffled by like what's happening. Uh, so never got to put eyeballs on Jim Harbaugh after that. Uh, but it, it certainly was bizarre that. State College was uh, was the focal point of the college football universe last, last Friday and Saturday. What what do you think of all this? Because, to my knowledge, 
and and people can correct me if I'm wrong. They have never once come out and said we categorically deny this happened. Right? I have not mm-hmm. heard that. I've heard them tell everybody they're the victim. What do you think of all this? It is one of the most bizarre stories um, I can ever remember following. I mean, it is just you look at kind of one layer of it, and then you look at Connor Stallions, and the stories keep getting more bizarre, and, you know, his vacuum service and the homeowners association. <laughs> like, it is an absolute, like, you could not script this. Um, it is absolutely crazy. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, again, I haven't followed it as closely as people who cover Michigan, but yeah, to, to my understanding as well, Steve, they've never come out and said that. Um, I did find it interesting in the post game last week, like the final minutes, I'm down on the field, and there was a Michigan player who had a like the whiteboard that was on the sideline, and someone had written on the whiteboard like "Don't need to cheat" or "Don't need to steal or cheat to win," and they were holding this board up in Penn State players' faces, and I saw that, and I'm like, well, that's kind of an admission, right? Like, yeah. It's, you know, it's just bizarre. But again, that's coming from from a college age kid writing something in the heat of the moment. Um, but yeah, I don't know what you do uh, long term with them. Also, like, what is the long term play for Jim Harbaugh? Right? Is he is he back to the NFL after all of this? Yeah. Maybe, probably, it would seem just from the outside looking in. Uh, but yeah, it's a story, Steve. That I am glad I do not have to cover on a daily yeah. basis. I can put it that way. Yeah, I will say this though about the about the whiteboard. What are you showing that to the Penn State players for? There isn't a single Penn State player that accused them of it all week. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's yeah, I mean, just bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like not one player even said a word about it the entire week. Why? Okay, I, I don't get yeah. it. It's weird. It's kind of like the whole Michigan against the world type thing, you know? Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> the world hasn't. The world is reacting. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, as always. Great pleasure, Audrey. Great work, as always, and appreciate you very much. No problem, Steve. Take care. Thanks. Audrey Snyder. All right. Great to have her on the show today.